0: I need to remind you guys about my Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com forward slash F-I guide, you can find the Fig Patreon where subscribers pay a monthly fee for early access, private and premium content, as well as access to the Fig Discord. £3, £5, £8 and £12 tiers, all with a 15% 15% discount if you go for the yearly options and a load of people are enjoying it. Over 90 members so far and growing every week. Head over to patreon.com forward slash guide for more info. The Football Index podcast is supported by footballindextrader.co.uk, the best site for in-depth scouting and trading strategy. I know FIT is currently spending 30 to 40 hours a week on scouting alone and members get updates covering every match day across all five leagues and European competition too. With the market finally reacting to on-pitch action rather than off-field distractions, it's crucial to know who is in and out of form if we want to have the best results. If you want to see more, an exclusive offer for podcast listeners, you can give the site a try with the 25% discount on your first month with the code FIG25, that's FIG25, over on uk. Here's the legal stuff from Football Index. FI is a gambling product available to customers in certain territories aged 18 or over. The content of this podcast has not been approved by Football Index, but they do listen to the show to keep me on my toes. Please remember to only gamble what you can afford to lose, gamblerware.org and when the fun stops, stop. Hello and welcome back to the For Podcast episode 166. Last week I had Otto Joshua on the podcast. It was really, really great. Some great feedback on that one. So thank you for all your card words, mostly to Otto. I even had someone who said, I like it when Fig speaks less. It's like when you don't notice the ref in a football match, which I took as kind of a compliment, I guess. Uh, In the latest Fidcast Extra, I was joined by Panda as always, and that was a good one as well. Do go check out both those episodes. In this episode, just before Christmas, I am joined by Football Index SOTD, Lee, coming back on the podcast for what seems like the 100th time. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Twisted your arm after your rule of six?
1: Yeah, I'm a bit unprepared, actually. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i haven't looked at any of the questions or anything and we're recording this in the morning if anyone's listening and i've basically been working because you know you have to do that sometimes saving lives and um <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm uh i'm a bit apprehensive because not really looked at the questions
0: you'll get better as we get on i'm sure but i mean just to warm you up why don't you remind people who don't know a bit more about yourself and and your football index journey up until this point
1: Yep. So, I mean, people have probably heard this many times, but I signed up in, I think, February 2000 and January, February 2016 and uh, didn't really do much for about a year. Probably had like £500 in or something and then began to step it up after seeing a number of users um, sort of um, cranking up their their levels. Um, so, began to do that and, and sort of been part of the community, I hope a good part of the community I hope since, since then basically um, devote quite a lot of time to it um, yeah so yeah that, that that's where we are to, to this present day um, got a fairly sizable portfolio not not as big as it was uh, but yeah I mean yeah it's been it's been really good in general over the last four years maybe other than the last um, six months not has been not, not quite as enjoyable in some aspects.
0: How have you found these last six months? I mean, the last time we spoke was during COVID where, um, well, the, the beginnings of COVID, right? Where you, you were kind of saying I, I was a bit apprehensive, but then I thought with no football on, this thing could go up and the ability not to sell. Since then a lot has changed obviously the the bid side of the order books came in it, it seemingly went quite well and then we had this lag a bit of stalling and then offers came in and we're in this kind of oh well you know there was also the fake dividend increase and then offers came in we kind of went from really good during the covid period where the communication from FY was great and then you know getting to the bid side of the order book which was seemingly integrated really well and then after that it's kind of not gone so well. Uh, what have you been your, your thoughts over the last five or six months?
1: I think tiresome would probably my one word that would sum it up. Um, yeah, a bit tired of uh, keeping track of things, basically, and um, a bit um, down. Maybe that uh, if I haven't carried out things that in a way that I would have hoped so let down maybe tyson let down um, but I still enjoy FI and still enjoy it when watching matches the interaction between that and still enjoy the uh, most aspects of the community as well um but yeah I think uh, just you know tired of trying to get to where we should be as a community and as a and FI as a company like I think that's
0: how I feel. I think there's been a lot of extortion um, and I think there's been a lot of people on the fence, to be honest with you, very recently. I think a couple of uh, people have asked me recently what I thought would happen over the Christmas period and my honest answer was kind of like Christmas has never been a good period for FI because obviously people have holes in their pockets that they've spent on presents and and travelling and so on and so forth. And I think that if you're on the fence about FI as, as a business, as a market in the future and something like you know having a hole in your pocket or um you know ipos being (laughs) announced again uh, pushes you over the edge i I can't really hold that against traders but we have to get to some point where you know that curve stops going downwards and we we kind of get back onto the trajectory that we we should be on but i suppose part and parcel of that is um Football index coming out and doing a lot of work to kind of reinstill a lot of the trust that they've lost. But we could talk more about that because we've got loads of questions on that. We've got some nice comments and miscellaneous questions here. Handsome Show and Pony says, Home base is finest. I'd like to know what became of the Shearer cutout you stole and what's your favorite and least favorite color of deluxe color chart? Uh, I've heard rumors your least favorite is the shade of walls at Casa de Football Index RC. So, on the last pod you were on, you told, I think, probably one of the funniest stories I've heard on this show, which was uh, about you stealing a cardboard cutout of um, Alan Shearer and kind of driving around with it, um, it with it kind of hanging out your, your car. Like, what what happened to it?
1: I think my mum dumped it because she was scared the police were going to, like, arrest me or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I, think that's, I think that's what happened. Wait, where did you steal it from again? McDonald's. <laughs>
0: I started putting up um, uh, products mentioned on the show, on the website, and uh, the only three things that are up there are um, uh, the water flosser that that Panda mentioned, uh, a Nutribullet, and the uh, life-size island
1: Shearer. (laughs) (laughs) I should buy one, for old time's sake. That's a long time ago, and... (laughs) People must think I work at home base or something, but I don't. I used to work at home base like a long, long time ago when I was a student as a part-time job. Um, <laughs> yeah, Matt keeps going on about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt is uh, someone else, isn't he? As soon as I told him that you were coming on the show, he was buzzing and uh, whipped up that bit as uh, artwork as soon as he could. We've got a question here from Robin Ellis. What odds would you have given back in July that the current prices would be, would be what they are now?
1: Uh, long ones isn't that isn't
0: that part of like what's been so bad about i guess the last five or six months is the the shock and surprise it's given to even the most optimistic users uh, and that it's taken 99.9 percent people by surprise
1: yeah i I mean i think i've tweeted out about the observed price you know that's just at a moment in time and we need to probably, as FI users, look at that differently. Um, so I don't really see the price as it was basically, which was a line more aligned with how many people had bought. the pr- The price isn't really like that anymore. Um, so I think we do need to um, remember that. But I think the I think the issue is is that we do know some players in particular. Um, are way down if if you, and even if you speak to FI about it, they go on about yields. So are way down against the yields. You know what you'd, you'd ask for. Some could do a hundred percent, you know, or fifty percent, etc., and turn over loads of dividends, and then the prices don't reflect that. And I think that's the issue that if they if they're not at a point where they're not reflecting that, where they have done more so in the past. And not actually reach the level that I thought they could. But if they they haven't, if they're not even going anywhere near sort of what they could reflect, then there must be something wrong. Well, the issue more so, isn't it, Lee, that they're not
0: growing into that space that they have. Because if you have a player who could do, let's say, 50% in eight fixtures or 10 fixtures or two months or three months, six months, however long you look at it, then if they're not growing into the space that they have to grow into because their their yields are so big, then we get ourselves in a situation which isn't very desirable from a business or customer standpoint.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think they don't reflect. So if need to think, so when I've spoke to FI, they're like, well, you know, some 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 have said well you know it is what it is basically the market is what it is but you know so and i've said to them well isn't there something wrong then because the the yields aren't if you're going on about yields, but that's not reflected in price so you must think there's something wrong and i think when they thought about it that way they might have took it on a, a bit more that yes well there is something wrong and i think you know if you ask most users then it's Some people will will probably say, you know, it's not, possibly not that desirable to trade. But I think others might say the opposite and might actually be loving it somewhat might at the moment. But I think that's probably people with a smaller amount of of cash in the platform who can turn those those players a bit easier and, and positions are a bit smaller. Um, where we want this to work for everyone. Um, We want this to work for absolutely huge money and we want this to work for smaller money who who are coming into the platform as well. And I think that's quite important. Um, We hear a lot about, um, you know, big accounts, small accounts. People really need to get this out of their heads. This needs to work for for everyone. Uh, It needs to work for for it to reach full potential as a digital asset, it needs to be able to people to put in large money and in large positions, but it needs to have that still the same, you know, gambling feel as well, maybe. Mm.
0: Um, Why is it so important that um, FI need to allow people to take really big positions in in players uh, and, and make those people feel secure about doing that?
1: Well, I think that's their, I mean, we've been told that's their target market or one of their target markets, I think, is, you know, the big high net worth individuals and to be seen as a digital asset. So if that's the case, then you need people to, you know, put that money in. And you know, it doesn't, it's the same with something like Betfair, you've got high value traders in there. So it's important though, because it stabilizes prices as well. And it means that also, the people with maybe smaller money can trade off them prices more easily as well. Um, so it's in, it, it basically gives a more stable platform to look at from the from the outside. I think but that's and then, what I've been
0: trying to explain to a lot of people recently. That um, yeah. the way markets usually work is you have like this base of kind of longer, larger money whether it be in financial markets, cryptocurrency, whatever you're whatever you're trading, you have this like base of money which is not immovable but like flexes a lot less in terms of its positioning. And that is like people that are taking kind of three month, six month, nine month, twelve month, eighteen month views. And then you have people on top of that trading more intermittently.
1: Yeah. And I think that's how FI needs to work. Um I think to a to a degree that's I mean, to a large degree that's how F i has worked um, but it's it's making both of those people happy and, and just to be clear uh, there seems to be some um assumption that big money wants to sit there, lay money in and not do anything. Well, that that isn't true. You know, you you might get small money that sits there and not want to do anything, which is fine. But you and you'll get big money that wants to do lots of trading. So, you know, I think that assumption that a lot of people are making is actually totally incorrect. I, think, yeah. I looked at my trading volume last year. I traded over two million in
0: twenty uh, twenty. 2019. In 20,
1: 2019, yeah, I think I'm about a million this year, something like that. Maybe a little bit more. Um, So, yeah, so, I mean, I'd say that's quite a large sum to be trading. And, 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 you know, I think it's the wrong assumption to say that big money just wants to sit there and small money wants to trade. I think it can actually be quite the opposite. Uh, It just depends on the person and how they want to play the game. And I think people need to get away from the assumptions of both of of those. And I think it's important for the platform to work for um, people who want to trade on a hourly, daily basis and people who want to trade on a more long-term basis as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, a few people who have significant sums in this have told me as well that their volumes are way down, especially over the last two quarters or the last six months. People who have large money in this thing, um, I would say like 90% of them don't just sit on their portfolios. They trade fairly actively. Um, By what I mean fairly actively, I I don't mean they trade every single day, but they might trade in in the thousands a week uh or in the or in the tens of thousands a month which i think is it is interesting because like <laughs> you you would even look at someone like ginger pelo right who has um I, I think you know tens of thousands in this thing but probably like uh revolves in terms of volume a lot more um these are the types of people that will add liquidity to the platform you, you, yourselves uh, people like Pierlo, but you're completely different traders like you would be someone who's slightly more passive he is someone who's slightly more active yet you can still add liquidity simultaneously and i think people are really um i don't know that there's this weird un- weird thing that people have done in terms of the divisiveness as you said between like big and small accounts which i don't agree with i think it's quite strange um and i think the, the sooner people stop thinking about that and, and start thinking about kind of like what would be best for this thing long term i think the better
1: yeah i think um individual preferences need to be sort of tried to put aside and um, think about what would make this a a world-class platform that's challenging traditional betting I think that's what that 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 one thing will make everyone um, have success on football index I mean, I've been racking
0: my brains here, Lee, and I, I can't think of any other thing that if I want to do um, than increase prices and increase trading volumes. Can you see any other thing that they'd want to do apart from those two kind of core objectives?
1: I mean, it's engagement, isn't it? And with engagement, those two things, are, I'm assuming, will come. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't see... I mean, their, their aim must be to get to what they believe is a yield versus price ratio. I believe that's about the target should be around 15 to 20%. Um, now, do they have that target? I, I don't know. Um, is that how they look at the business? I don't know. Um, well, I think that would... Uh, if they if they had that in mind as a target, I think that would probably drive a lot of their the thoughts, maybe. Um and, and from a trader point of view, um it's quite it's quite difficult at the moment. Mm.
0: We've got a couple more questions here. Uh kind of Birmingham, I suppose, related, or you know, that area. Yeah, I've actually
1: seen these ones. I was quite <laughs> pleased with them. I thought I've made it. I'm talking about my club on a podcast.
0: <laughs> well, Chris Barker, who's of course notoriously a Villa fan. If you could choose one Villa player from history to play for the current Blues side, who would it be and why?
1: I did see this question, so I had to quick think about it. So probably, uh, I mean, I'd like to say no one, but you know, that's. I like to say I'm an open-minded Birmingham fan. Um, Paul McGrath, probably. Uh, just is a very good player others that might get a mention David Platt for what he did for England quite, I like, quite like David Platt you know he had a good career um, come up with loads of goals so it'd be quite good to have in a Birmingham shirt maybe and um, there was a guy called um, I mean this is basically when as a kid just coming into football and watching Birmingham there's a guy called Robert Hopkins and he actually was his family was um, full of full of uh, Birmingham fans basically. He was a real Birmingham fan, but he he started his career off at Villa, and he used to um, bring in his boots in like a Birmingham uh, football bag, and he used to wear his Birmingham shirt under his Villa top. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you uh, just so played funny. for us anyway. But he only he didn't stay for Villa. Really- very long and then I think you've about 200 appearances for after that mm. anyway bit of history there bit of history
0: uh, FI Johnny Bravo Karanka yes or no and who's your favourite blues player of all time uh,
1: I can't say, if I if I can't sit on the fence I'll say no it's just all, all football at the moment um, and my favourite blues player of all time it's probably Stephen Carr um, if people have listened to me before I used to play full back at a fairly decent level. Um, so I've got this thing about full backs. Uh, Stephen Carr was just amazing for us. He'd actually come out of retirement, uh, lifted the uh, Worthington Cup against Arsenal, if you remember that, pet. you remember that one?
0: I don't. I don't remember that.
1: No? Do you remember? Do you remember? Oh, the, the league, yeah, yeah, the league yeah, cup. Yeah, no, you called it the one, Worthington yeah. Cup.
0: I was like, oh, what yeah. Is that? Well,
1: whichever, whichever, <laughs> whichever it is, you know, at the time. Uh, at the time, it was Femi, the Femi Martins.
0: Was uh, it the Coca Cola Cup or was it? No, it, was it wasn't the
1: Worthington Cup at the time. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it definitely was. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, It was a horrible, lifted- horrible day. And you know what? I had a um, funny story about that game. I remember being, I remember having a nightmare about us losing it, like the night before. And then just like waking up, having a few mates over and reliving my nightmare in real life was possibly one of the most jarring experiences of my life.
1: That was a brilliant day. I loved it. Obviously, <laughs> went to the game. was like amazing. It got us in Europe as well. And that, I went to some of the games in Europe, which was did brilliant. Do, did you go down that year, didn't you? Yeah, so we, we, <laughs> we went down. We won the cup and then we went down. And you were and playing,
0: are you playing, playing Europe?
1: in Europe in, in the championship it's quality. It's
0: quality. Um, I think I saw one from Ben Q on the Facebook group that's football uh that's facebook.com forward slash football index guide, which was from Ben Q and he said something along the lines of who's got a worse brummy uh accent, S O T D or Jack Grealish.
1: Yeah, but I mean my do you know I haven't I haven't lived in Birmingham for twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> and I've still got this accent. Um yeah. Who knows, eh? Maybe me. <laughs> My driving's better than his anyway. Oh,
0: Did you see the, 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 the trick he pulled on the uh, Paps? Uh, yeah, I quite, court?
1: I quite like that, to be honest. <laughs> that's good.
0: <laughs> he's been quality this year, hasn't he?
1: Um, yeah, he was very good last year, but that's still a dickhead, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. um yeah
0: just before we move on i need to remind you that this week's episode is sponsored by football index edge football index edge is a third-party data website designed to give you an edge on football index whether it's player prices match day scores or dividend winners football index edge has years of detailed data and best of all it's all downloadable straight into your spreadsheet they're currently offering a 14-day free trial on all memberships which start from as little as three pound 33 per month so head over to footballindexedge.com to find out more um I'm going to ask you about the list of six. Why did you put it together? Anything else that you were thinking of when you were putting together? Any other ideas? And just generally, like what the intention of, of it was?
1: I think it might have been the Carling Cup, by the way. I was just yes, thinking, out yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, Carling. we lost the Wellington Cup final to Liverpool. It was, it was when We the when they should cup. have got a penalty. That's uh, what ridiculous. It was. Sorry. It was All these. The, I'm just going through my history. <laughs> yeah, back to the question. Um, Yeah, so um, why did I put it out? Uh, So, I mean, it was in response, I thought, to what the messages from FI. So, they've been saying we want to take on board comments, we want to make changes that the community are happy with. Um, And I've been feeding quite a lot of ideas back to FI. I've been on a trader panel and a follow up one to that. And I just thought, well, I'm going to gain, try and gain some community traction with this, and um, see what people think about it. And I think, I think so. I think the question at the moment is, everyone's talking about liquidity, right? And it looks like that liquidity isn't coming like tomorrow. It will, it it, it will come, but it isn't coming tomorrow, like from market makers. So therefore. If I need to encourage user liquidity. And as things stand due to the confidence and events that have happened over the last six months, that isn't going to be easy. So what they need to do is show their ambition and show they're willing to do things to make this a success. And the steps that I put down were all... Some were more sort of things that would be better anyway, but most of them were to try and replace this missing liquidity that the market makers might offer and to to replace them and then the market makers would add to it. And just to make everyone enjoy the platform more, then it gets more sign-ups and, and just get things rolling again. So a lot of them were, were sort of small things that would... I think as um, sort of uh, as six things, or, or four things, or three things that were all rolled out together could actually were small wins that would make it into a large win and would turn this round quite quickly. And I can say for a fact, if they were to introduce these six things, I would deposit tomorrow mm.
0: a large let's, sum. Let's go through the six things one at a time, and we yeah, can kind sure. of talk through them. So. Six SOTD six steps for FI. That's the only reason I liked and retweeted to be fair. I like the title. Um, do not expire three year bets, instead, treat them as we do in play dividends, pay dividends for three years only, but let the holding run. This does not add to the FI accounting liability and gives the user more security. Now, our friend Panda's been on and on about kind of like the way FI book their liabilities and how maybe actually having like a refresh button would be pretty tricky from a liability standpoint. I think if you People have actually reached out to he and I on on Slack and email to kind of say, "Look, I'm a, I'm a CFO, I'm a finance director, and I think you guys have got this slightly wrong," uh, which was really interesting. And but your solution here would actually be that it doesn't affect FI's liabilities after the three years is up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think FI probably see the their actual liability as career dividends. I, I they probably don't actually see them from a business point of view maybe not an accountancy point of view that's two that's two separate things but from a business point of view as a as a career liability uh, that's why the ipos may be higher than people may expect um but yeah i think i was trying to solve so we've we've sort. i've had some um uh feedback i think from fi that you know, a career hole may be difficult to maintain the same levels of dividends. And I think others might have had that type of feedback uh, there are other platforms offering career holds, you know, sports stack and footstock. And I think it's quite a very powerful marketing message. Um and I don't think. Uh, I mean, it might be. I don't know, but I, I think a renew button or something is quite difficult if it's trader versus trader. Probably easier before. So I was trying to come up with a solution that would basically give people security of knowing that they hold this share and at their leisure, even if it's in six years' time, they can sell it for whatever they like. I don't think that would ever happen. You would find. Most people only hold for about a year anyway. It's all about security and about uh, marketability, really. You know, you can have this share for life once you buy it. You can buy a 16-year-old and you can hold him now for 15 years. You will only get three years' dividends. um, And if you want to get more dividends, you need to resell and rebuy him. And it was just coming from basically making the product more marketable and um, making users feel more secure. And I think it's a no-brainer. And I'd be really disappointed if something like this wasn't rolled out because I I can't see any downsides to it. Yeah, because the whole
0: three-year bet thing, I think, has been taken out of context. People have started to run away with it and people have started getting scared of kind of like – what if FI aren't here to deliver those three years of dividends? So, um, th- I mean, that's probably that...
1: a separate thing to be. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which, I which we'll that, definitely that's... get on. I was going to park yeah. that there. I mean, f- for this specifically though, this would make it so people are forced to think longer than three years, right?
1: I don't think they'd be forced, and I don't think they they would. I think it would just add to hmm. the USP of the long term bet as well. I just think it looks great and makes more sense then. And also we have, we do have this expiry issue. We don't have dates. Yeah. We don't have anything. So, you know, it can just all be done with this, with this solution or, or something very similar to it. Um, and yeah, I can't, I can't see any downsides to it. Personally. Let's,
0: let's talk about this, um, Second point, uh, offer football index instant sale at, say, 60 to 75% of the buy price in terms of liquidity vouchers. If using this option, you cannot withdraw the fund, but must be used to repurchase first. I don't think many people would use it, but would close spreads, add more security, enhance liquidity. This would also help remove shares from circulation.
1: Yeah, so... This is up. I mean, this is again, I think this is more of a short term thing. While FI build their brand and build their um, user numbers to be able and get MMs, market makers on board to be able to offer the liquidity needed in the market with three to four thousand players. Now, I think where people are struggling with FI is that there is no floor, there is no anchor to prices. And I think if they put a floor in, I don't think people will use it, but I think it would have a dramatic effect on the market in a upward trend. And people would still be able to bid an offer um, between these. And if the offer price went down, the floor would go down. Um, and they would people would be able to... A bid between the floor and the offer and I just think it would have such a positive effect on prices, such a positive effect on sentiment um, it would mean people who did want to get out of hold at 60% say which I don't think many would actually if the floor was there but if they did they could and they then they would have to reuse that money and yes they may reuse it and then Take it out, but they would still have to take that sixty percent drop, um, and they would still have to buy another player. And to get out that player, they need to trade, or they'd have to take another sixty percent. Um, it was just a creative way, I thought. And I, I think it was Otto. Actually, I've not had time to listen to his podcast yet, but I'd seen a post that he put out around this, and so I'd like to give him some credit, actually. And it was me just sort of trying to to run with it a little bit, um, but I think it would put a floor in it would close the spreads it would add more security it would enhance in, uh, liquidity it would send prices soaring and it would also help with this uh, you know you could burn shares easy, more easily as well mm, mm.
0: I think if, if I had their time again Lee, they would probably have they would probably have implemented offers with that. Barrier the FI instant sale, as you mentioned, at say 50, 60%, whatever it may be. Because I think what we've seen since then has been obviously pretty bad. And I think if they did have their time again, I wonder if they would have looked at using some of the funds that they have to uh, to provide that instant sale. But that's, that's for another day, I guess. The third point was offer a percentage. Uh, a percentage dividend bonus for X months on all hold- holdings over two thousand shares. This would encourage people to build and trade large positions. This was probably the most hated one.
1: Yeah, it was controversial. This one, which I mean, just just to put this, uh, just to clarify, these were just ideas, and they had specific um, aims. Yeah. So Does not I, mean when I said
0: when I was talking to someone from FI about these, I was like, have a look at these. Doesn't mean they're all correct look at what they're aiming to do and try and tell your product team to go away and basically like cater to some of those aims?
1: What I was trying to do here was basically get people to hold bigger positions but not just hold bigger positions but to churn bigger positions and to be buying in bigger quantities. So we don't see as many 300s go through the ticker anymore, do we? You, you It would encourage that and you know people are saying well you know it would be no good for me cuz only hold people like in 100 share um quantities well that that's not the point though because if you want to sell the 100 shares if someone's buying 2000 you've got more chance of um selling them and this doesn't have to be 2000 of Lionel Messi this can be 2000 of Lucas Perez at 15p um, and you will be getting a bonus on um, to hold the larger positions in they don't have to be long term holds they don't have you know there can be long term holds it's more just to get people buying bigger positions again and and basically seeing that churn Um, it was just an idea I could see why some people might find it not very good (laughs) But it was, it was just an idea to do that, basically. It's basically to get people buying and selling in bigger quantities. And, and encourage, also encourage, at the same time, encourage the uh, long-term holds and, and, and you know stability to the platform.
0: Um, let's move on to, to point four here. As a trial until end of season, pay one P on the score over 240 perhaps 300 on a multiplier day. This would serve as a trial for benchmark structure, which maybe one day would need a different PB matrix.
1: Yeah, so I think there's been a lot of discussion over um, amongst the community about things like this, about having... So we've seen a lot of players miss out this year and the five subs isn't helping in terms of you could have, have an outstanding performance and so will get taken off on 75 minutes. They'll actually score over 240, for example. I think uh, James Madison was a um, good example the other night. He did actually win, but he was taken out off after 75 minutes and he was excellent. And you'd think that it'd be nice to get a reward for that. And I think F5 took a lot of money at things like ipds and other things and i think this for 1p i don't think there's probably not actually that many scores over 240 or 300 on multiply a day i just again think this would add something to the community i think it'd be a good trial if they decided to do something like this in the future uh how people bought into it and it it was it was mainly just a um, okay, we're gonna. You've, you've stuck with us. We're gonna do this. We want to have a look at it anyway. And um, you know, it is, it is a penny if your player plays well and, and scores over um, two forty.
0: Mm. They've kind of thought about experimenting this with the Super Match Day dividends in the in the past, haven't they?
1: They have, yeah. And like I've said, just you know, just do it until the end of the season. I don't think it would be that many payouts. I mean, they would have, they, they would have spent this. On uh, the rebate and the amount of IPDs and all that alone and I, I think this would have even just at a one penny I think this would have um, a more engaging effect.
0: Hmm. and in terms of different PB matrix, why would that need to be the case? Um... I mean
1: I think that's a different that's a different conversation sure. I mean these would these were driven for now we need these now. You know, I think if you're considering things like a different PB matrix, which uh, if you were to change the dividend structure and maybe have more of a, a benchmark, benchmark structure that rewarded, um, and all I'm saying this is just to explain why. So I've been in um, favour of no change for a long, long time, um, stability of the platform, etc. The problem is now we haven't got stability to the platform now I think if FI were to introduce number two and have a floor on prices then um, this uh, a benchmark and different dividend structure may not be needed as much um, but if they don't and want to go to this full order book I think uh, prices need something to anchor to and having a um, a guaranteed sort of 1 to 5% uh dividend reward over the season would definitely see a lot more big money coming and you can project that more easily with a ben- <clears throat> with a benchmark structure so you might have someone like Mason Greenwood who is 18 years old and you're basically guaranteed let's say 1 or 2% for him and i think you would see uh, a lot of big money, then come into the platform and buy that type of player, and 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 then they would obviously trade after that and, and be engaged with the platform. And I think uh, it would be good, yeah. And it may need a different PB matrix, I think, to just um, be um, to represent impact on the football field more than per like possession and quantity. I think we we do have a PB matrix, which I think is okay to pick the winner. I'm not too sure it's okay to pick um, like a tiered or a benchmark structure um, where it's heavily weighted to set piece takers uh, and just a more inclusive um, matrix that you know if you had a good performance you were you were guaranteed a bit of money. But I think that is a different conversation. and I don't really want to go on to that at the moment because all I'm thinking at the moment is things that will going to take us to the next six months, to the Euros, that are really going to, you know, really help us in this period we've got. Whilst they have this reset that... Um, Mike had mentioned in his, his comms. And um, I think this would be a nice thing for traders who are stuck with a product and, and, and enjoy a match day and, and miss out now and then. Just a little reward. Mm. I'm going to talk about the
0: reset in a bit because we've got a question about that. But um, five, change the PB deadline before each individual kickoff encourages to build a portfolio and less reactive bet. This was another debated yep. part. So,
1: I can see why steps. this is debated. And actually, I could go to and fro on this myself. So the way I'm thinking about it, so if we go back to what I was saying, let's try and think what I'm trying to do. So what I'm trying to do is make the platform more about research, more about buying beforehand. So you're rewarded when your player does something rather than, and and build positions and build a portfolio rather than be rewarded after the event. I had some convers- good conversations in the Discord. There was no um, swearing at each other or anything. So in your Discord, I think with FI Strategist and the other guy... Seb. Seb. Yeah, he didn't call himself Seb in the Discord, no, though, does he? No,
0: he's, he's, he, he combines his second name and first yeah, name. Yeah, so I get the...
1: I get confused. Yeah, because I, I linked his name with his Twitter, which is Seb. Um So, yeah, and I enjoyed that because those two guys were saying, well, we think we should have no deadline. And I I get that as well. Um, And it's quite difficult because I think in the moment, maybe the no deadline helps in one way, but then it doesn't help in another. And I can see why people would say that. So this is just my point of view and what I was trying to do. Um, and maybe I think if you didn't have a debt, if you even had an earlier deadline, people would trade more in the week. Uh, would trade more before kickoff, where it wouldn't. Where that is, if you didn't have a deadline, it might be more concentrated, just to later on a match day. And I think that's what I'm wary of. But I'm not saying I'm right or wrong on this one. It's just what I feel. Um, Isn't it
0: dependent on? what state the platform is in because right now for me if you move the deadlines make it 11 p.m right in a very liquid platform with no new money coming in really and not too many dividends being you know recycled into the platform you get yourself in a situation where liquidity is already really thin people are moving from one player to another and um and and that actually makes liquidity thinner because FI are taking more chunks of the pie but with less new money being re-entered into the market, if that makes sense. So... I find that a bit troublesome. That right now in a market so liquid that they thought that well, that would be a particularly good idea, and we've got more questions on that later on. But the other thing is, like, I think someone in the Discord also made a really really good point. Uh, PMK, he was saying, like, if the deadline is at eleven o'clock, for example, your odds on winning um, depend on on some scores. If you're buying for the last game, improve, I guess, which means that potentially players that consistently have early kickoffs might be um uh not worse bets, but if you're playing the reactive game might be there might be less trading on them.
1: Yeah. so I I I think I'm trying to bring this product back to its roots, back to its USP. That doesn't mean people and, and people misunderstand when I say that. The USP is the long term bet and building a portfolio, that doesn't mean sitting on holds necessarily because the trading will come around that and it always has done. However, we are in an OB system now and I don't know that for sure, but that is just my gut feel that the product needs to get us back to its roots, which is the USP in the long term, long term and and by building before kickoff, I think that encourages. Um but I could be, I could be wrong on that and I openly sort of say um welcome everyone's views on it because I don't know. I mean, last night I did, um, one of my players did well and I thought, oh, if it was past the deadline, they'd shoot up. I'm about to sell him. Um, and I did think, oh, maybe it might be better if there was a late deadline. So it is quite difficult. I think on a, when you look at the, you look at each game day, it might seem like the deadline, no deadline is better. But when you look at the product of the whole, I, I don't think that I'm not too sure that's right and that's where just I uh, just where I'm trying to explain myself basically. Yeah. I I'm kind of on the fence
0: with it myself. I'm probably 60/40 yeah. in the the favor of pre-game but um I think it depends on the state of the platform. Right now I think having it post like you know whatever time yeah. it usually was I don't know if I mean, it's a good idea.
1: I mean there's an argument Four o'clock's pretty good because you get both. You get that little <laughs> bit of trading and you get the buy before as well. So there is an argument that four o'clock on a weekend and maybe half-time over, over a week is actually maybe the solution. It, it's a difficult one. I, all i was just trying to get is get back to this, build and yeah. use your research and, and, and that was the main thing. Well,
0: profit from your football knowledge, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Uh, and then six was offer a net buy Deposit or net buy bonus until the end of the season rewards loyalty and adds liquidity.
1: Yeah, so obviously, uh, I think the rebates. I thought the first rebate was good, but then I thought people have worked out how to manipulate this. I don't. I'm not sure that works um, because it's it's basically a. Here's a rebate. go on. Go and refresh all your IPDs. Maybe it's basically commi- like here's commission
0: free trading for a weekend or whatever yeah well, well, uh, n- or, or discount, which is
1: fine really. which is fine I think you know it's hard it's difficult when it first came out they got a lot of stick from it and I thought oh actually this is good I think don't know why they're getting a the stick but then I realised that people were colluding after that colluding and manipulating IPDs bringing prices down to actually do that which is not a good look for the platform and um, that has made me think that the the rebates can't work like that at the moment Um, so that's why I put offer a net buys basically and it would reward people who are willing to commit um, their their dividends their their reinvest their dividends or wanting to deposit a small or large sum and it 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 would just reward people willing to do that at the moment Um, because that's what the platform needs they're they're saying to us um, we want your we want your money because we haven't got market makers well here's another way of getting money and getting liquidity and um, rewarding people who have basically uh, maybe stuck with the product of course it also rewards people who haven't stuck with the product by them redepositing etc which which possibly is a bit of an issue but by them putting money in again etc it rewards the traders already in the product so i don't feel that strongly about that and i think end of season would be good because people would be focused on actually keeping their money in and trading and buying players for um a longer term rather than having a net buys bonus for like a week
0: we'll move on to that because i think you know obviously we wanted to discuss that i thought it was really really good um neo fi here has a question I guess a follow-on to my question about why you put this together do you feel that FI are in- interested in your opinions, and you can actually make an impact on the platform?
1: <laughs> I don't know. So um, I hope they are. Uh, I've had conversations with FI um, where. So going back to trader panel two months ago, I was on that. You were on that. I put a list of nine things together there. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a mag- the Magna Carta um but and depth and visualization were two things on there um but they were give me you know they had to come anyway well i um, I, I don't but, I don't
0: count depth, like yeah, I have said it a hundred times and, like it, it's like buying a cake and then getting icing two two months later. I don't count depth yeah We in terms should of something we that's been added
1: yeah, we should have had depth back in April, so yeah, I mean. I can say, yeah, they listen, but I mean, everyone was saying depth. And then I, I, I come up with some other things and um, none of them have been introduced, but they don't necessarily need to listen to, to me in particular. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, the, the message they're giving is we're open to suggestions, how we can improve, how we can get you retrading, how we can get you redepositing and the suggestions of all I can do is try so that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I tried to do with this list was to get some traction behind it um, and for someone to see it there uh, rather than uh, – I mean, it's quite frustrating. I've sent in ideas before. and Sometimes I get a reply. Sometimes I don't even get a reply. Mm. I didn't even get a reply to this one. So I just thought, all right, then, well, we'll see this. So I stuck, <laughs> it, <laughs> so I stuck it out. Um so yeah, that was my that was one of the reasons I put it out there as well.
0: I mean considering how well it did on social media I'm I'm pretty certain they have seen it. So I uh, I guess uh that's Yeah, it. I
1: mean I mean yeah, I mean yeah. I mean someone told me they someone told me they sent it they sent it in and got a reply saying they'd already seen it. And I thought, <laughs> hang on, I didn't even get a reply myself. <laughs> What's going on? But I don't care about none of that. I just want whether it's these ideas or, or not, I, I just want them to actively try to build, rebuild that confidence. Yeah. And, and, and basically, as you said, look at the ideas and look at what they were trying to do. Because yeah. if they do the things that they were trying to do, I think we'll have a much better platform and a happier user base. Mm,
0: I totally agree. Rebuilding that trust is, is so, so important. And I think Football and are not going to do that overnight and they need to do it in incremental pieces like there are loads of pieces of the puzzle that puzzle that need to come together however i think that the other thing or side of the coin is they need to be careful not to think that one thing changes this like market makers come in and suddenly everything changes there needs to be like robust proactive very drastic action i think that are kind of akin to a lot of the things that you've been saying in your magna cartas and so on and so forth so hopefully they do have a look at them and as i said before Maybe they're they're not the things that they do. Probably not the things they do. But as long as they look at like what those things are trying to do and cater towards them, I think they'll they'll be in a good spot. But we've got a question here from Run Fat Boy Run. Um, great guess. Hopefully won't hold back. Index vouchers for loyal customers that would stimulate the market sentiment, which is I think point three. What would be a negative of this?
1: Point two. Uh, point two. Sorry,
0: my, my apologies.
1: I I, I I mean I don't know. There might be a negative from the FI side. From the user side, um, if people want large spreads, larger spreads and want more downward pressure and more panic to pick up at lower prices, then that would be the only negative I can see from the user, user side.
0: Mm. Mm. Got a question here from Alan Cooper He's got three questions, actually. At the start of 2020, what confidence level out of 10 did you have for FI and what is it now?
1: <laughs> um, confidence, I was an eight or nine, I reckon, at the start of the year. Nine. I'm probably a five now.
0: Mm. Um, do you think it'll be possible to profit well on FI forward uh, going forward being a passive trader or do you need to be active again and I guess this is uh, again <laughs> uh, 2 million in a year in terms of trading volume isn't particularly uh,
1: passive is it I don't know I don't know I've never traded that much during the day I don't enjoy it I don't like in match days I don't enjoy it I don't ask me why I can't explain it it ruins football for me so but so I've actually quite enjoyed that I can set a price um, because I hate watching a game and picking up my phone. So I just find it annoying. Um, so I've never been one to trade in play. So actually yeah, being able to set a, a sale price now has been pretty good for me if I want to do that. Um, but I think, like I said before, I think it can work for both. And I think, you know, especially the prices are now, I think it it is working. For, uh, I think it. it it can work for both and people need to be given confidence that it will work for both. Um, it's very good yields at the moment for the more passive person. And I don't even think you need to be passive and get yields. I think you could be basically buying someone very low at the moment and just keep going into them and into them and into them and build positions up. I might necessarily, you know, be turning dividends over now, but one day they will. Um, so yeah I think it can work for passive I, I certainly intend to be probably well I don't know I say I'll be passive and then I trade so I don't know but um, I, I think it can work for what I want to do and I, I would say that was fairly-ish passive not someone who's going to trade um, in a ma- on on a match day really it's very rare for me hmm
0: and his last one, um, out of 10, how positive were you after the trader panel?
1: The first trader panel two months ago, I was quite positive, but then I had the follow-up. Um, and I wouldn't say I was a huge success uh, in terms of it didn't feel like FI came to that meeting with particular things and things they wanted to implement and discuss. I felt like it was still more ideas off us. So all we can do is give that, give those ideas and how they act on them. Um, So I was fair. So, so wasn't distraught. I got to wear my views, but I wasn't um, overly pleased because I couldn't see any um, strategy Um, of implementation, of changes that I think are needed um, going forward. Not to say there isn't, I do need to say that, but not to say there isn't, I don't know that, just feeling I get.
0: Got a question here from Football Index Cynic, the £100 million question regarding the trader panels. Do FI understand how the mechanism is and will continue to drive down prices and with it drive away customers? And are they intending to do something about it?
1: that wasn't but, actually discussed was it that much? no but, but in that's... terms of the,
0: the mechanism specifically let's let's discuss that now that we have depth it's nigh impossible for fi to kind of uh put the genie back into the bottle is it in terms of changing how the downward pressure um affects this market
1: well you, for, you think they can't for, change
0: it well, well from a purely undercutting standpoint for example um and how we went from like the 1p below offer price to whatever. I think with depth, it's very hard for VWAPs to be changed and um, and and, and kind of like the offer uh, zone to be changed. We're already seeing issues, for example, with the bid zone and that there might be arguments for for there not to be even one there. So I guess what I'm saying is like with depth or full depth in, in place, is it is it very hard for FI to kind of put stabilisers back on that are very uh, rigid? I
1: wouldn't say they're stabilisers as such. Um, I mean, when you look at a Betfair screen, you don't see one big price, do you? You know, they're they're all... So, maybe something like that may help. Um, You see a series of prices. But I think... I think it's difficult for me to, to answer that because I'm not sure. Um, I do get out of the mechanic. But if you put that floor in, I'm confident things change a lot. Um, so it's, it's difficult because it relies on so many things. So I do think this mechanic would work, but it needs some sort of floor in there or predict, more predictable yield uh, maybe to work. Um, and I Do you think there is some trade of education there in terms of understanding what the observed price is? Um, I think when it comes down to it, the problem is it is maybe just a visualization thing, a UX thing that needs to be worked out a little bit, but the prices are the prices people are buying and selling for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like there's a lot of people, for example, saying that the price and screen are uh, the value, which is something completely different. Value and price, I think, need to be really uh, distinguished by traders and, I guess, maybe some educating from FI side.
1: Yeah, I think it would be good, but, I mean, people don't listen, do they? So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there should have been more education when it was introduced for def- for sure. Um, if I was working at FI, I, I would be trying to come up with something that um, maybe wasn't uh, looked as though one person could crush a price. I and mean, I think the problem is the manipulation of prices um, is the thing that concerns me because I think that's definitely going on. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. I'm, I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, no, it's 100 percent happening. 100% so that, so that, that is an issue. So if if the mechanic allows that, that's an issue. So they need to think of something that doesn't mm. allow it. And mm. to an extent, you will, you will always get that. I mean, to an extent, but I, I think there needs to be something minimize um, it. Yeah, minimize some way. Not quite worked out way. Maybe I'll put that on my next list. <laughs>
0: uh fi strategist here from the fig discord who you having a, a conversation with uh earlier mentioned about the deadline do you agree that one of fi's main 6 to 12 months goals is to give people a clear reason that a player's price should be correlated to their career dividend outputs let us know the positive negatives and your preferences between career bet three-year bet with refresh button or your new idea of three-year dividends but keep the share. So I think on the second question we know that that's the latter because we've discussed it already. For the first type thing, you've mentioned FI going back to their USP or really focusing and doubling down on the USP. If that is if there is like one singular thing that they need to like focus on, do you think Strategist is right here?
1: Yeah, so I think we've touched on this as well and it's for FI to get values or and get users to see values. Um, at, a, uh, at a yield level. You know, that, that's the way get prices to a level where the yield is more like a 20% rather than 100%. And people might say, well, that's no good for me, you know, because I'd rather invest, put money into something at 100%. But we've been at those prices before. So it feels like something's not quite right and we need to get more uh, slightly near, nearer to those I think and, and, and demonstrate that that can happen under this system yeah I think that when we go so back to, to the USP on, though definitely every, everything I've said is trying to get back to the uh, USP that this is a long term bet that you can buy and enjoy and you can enjoy it for a number of years you do not have to you can sell it the next day however the USP is that you can buy this bet and you can enjoy it every Saturday you can sit down you can watch that play and you can enjoy it every every Saturday well Saturday, Saturday Wednesday Saturday Wednesday at the moment and that is <laughs> every that, day currently yeah exactly or maybe not what,
0: enjoy it if you're an Arsenal fan
1: and that is what they need to drill in that you know, it's so enjoyable and it's not a way to burn money quickly. It's a more stable bet and it's a long-term bet and it's a more intellectual bet. And that's the way we, we want FI to position themselves, I think, to be um, a world-class platform
0: yeah and i mean this is something that i spoke to uh otto about actually and he was like you know I'm, I'm trading kind of like the spreads now and i was like you know you're obviously trading a combination of the mechanics and trading for in play dividends right and he was like you know I'm, I'm definitely uh playing the mechanics i'm i'm kind of uh trading the spreads because of the way that fi have kind of presented the the platform for me, that, that wouldn't be enjoyable and I'm sure that's not enjoyable for a lot of traders and I'm sure there are a lot of traders who are doing exactly what, what Otto mentioned on uh, the show and there's nothing wrong with doing that. I just think that overall, very generally speaking, FI need to broadly make this the figurehead of their um, of their next 6-12 month strategy, like banging on the drum about the USP of the product, which is the long-term bet. That is the only thing that makes this thing amazing, right? being able to bet on the career of a player um through a combination of performance and off-field uh actions such as transfers or being in the headlines this is what makes this thing so amazing not um not recycling players um because there's a rebate on i
1: think yeah.
0: i think people have lost sight of like what could make this what makes this thing amazing and what could make it even more incredible
1: yeah exactly you want it to be enjoyable and for you know for most users i don't i don't, I don't think it is currently
0: mm. before we move on i need to remind you that this episode is brought to you by the athletic the athletic is a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage featuring football reporters you know and love like david ornstein james pierce sam lee and rafa honigstein the athletic is telling stories you won't find anywhere else no ads or clickbait just great sports writing so for 50 percent off your annual subscription for the best sports writing around go to the athletic.co.uk slash fig it's two pound 49 a month if you go for their annual deal lee have you bought anything recently it cost more than two pound 49
1: Costs around two forty nine or more than two forty nine. More, more
0: than two forty nine.
1: <sighs>
0: Can't you're limited to how many FI players you can say now? To be fair.
1: Yeah. No comment on that. Uh, what did I last buy? Two. What have I last bought? I don't know. A pair of trainers I bought for forty quid oh, the nice. other day. <laughs> that was more than two forty nine. <laughs>
0: more than two forty
1: nine, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I um, am. A, I am a subscriber. Uh, you are a subscriber. Yeah, the articles are good.
0: Fan, a fan. Um, (laughs) Got a question here from FI Headhunter. Uh, Great guest. What did you make of the promotion last weekend? We discussed this a little bit, but um, rebate and pushing the deadline. We talked about the deadline a lot, but the rebate, do you think that that was misplaced?
1: I mean... What people are most unhappy about at the moment is their, rightly or wrongly, what they're most unhappy about at the moment is their price of the players that they own going down, right? Now, that rebate, I could only see that happening. And it's an issue that I actually spoke about on the trade meet the day before. That's why I was disappointed with it because I pointed it out, there was so much manipulation going on and colluding, and, and that come out, and I just thought, here we go. Um, and personally, I was disappointed because of that, because I, I thought it just encouraged it more. Um, and yeah, you know, um, it was free money, whatever, but I just don't think it's a good look. Um, I didn't do too much... Uh, recycling as such I did a little bit um, what I could uh, well not what I could just I just did some when I seen uh, just done a couple of grand I think when I seen the the opportunity to maybe do it but uh, it just didn't sit right with me because of what I'd said the day before um, the, the, and, and I knew what had happened straight away the offers would would get listed down to get people to snap them up and then, and then also uh, the people arranging deals with each other, which isn't a great look. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I wasn't too pleased with it, but, you know, I should please some people, uh, but I don't, I don't think it was very strate- very well strategically done, personally. What the other thing? Oh, the deadline, yeah. And then the deadline, I just thought, I sort of the opposite of what I was saying earlier about, you know, do your own research type thing, but the deadline I was probably a bit less fussed about and, you know, it was just for the weekend. So we don't know uh, where that's going. Um, and, you know, it's, it's fine for prices to come down and they come down because of the rebound. I Just I just think the timing was not, not ideal.
0: Is it, is it the same with IPOs, right? Like I think that, maybe the biggest thing to take away from that that announcement and also the ipos was maybe the fact that it felt like what was already a great disconnect between trader and fi maybe got a bit big not got bigger but it it appeared bigger people looked at him were like why are they doing this
1: yeah i think that was the my issue with ipos was it was just the wrong message i didn't actually have that much issue with ipos didn't really care um I just thought it was the wrong message to give completely. And I'm sure they've received feedback. Well, I know they have saying don't do, IPO is probably not a good thing to do at the moment. And I think that was the, I just felt it was, people felt it was a little more of a kick in the teeth, right? Yeah. Than anything. Um, I I didn't buy into, you know, it's going to cost people loads of money and all this, you know, I think that, I didn't think few players was going to spread liquidity that much and, and, and whatever, but I just think it was just the wrong message for me. Mm.
0: Mm. Um, the next couple of questions are about the recent announcement about um, Adam Cole stepping down to the chairman role. Um, nails DNA says, any ideas what FI meant when using the word "reset" in their recent comms when they announced it, and FI Wardrobe says, "Great guest, what did you make of the marketing director to CEO move for Mike, and what will it result in more? Will it result in more marketing spend for FI in January or the near future?" So let's let's talk about that a little bit, Lee, because it was obviously big news. It kind of came out of the blue, um, but I suppose not the writing was on the wall, but we had a lot of hints since July that maybe this was happening. Um, what did you make of? that move and the comms around it?
1: Um, I, th- I think it's difficult for us to say. I mean, we we can't say, to, uh, you know, we don't exactly know, do we? So, it, you know, it's just what we think. We don't know what's, what's going on for definite. Um, the way I've seen it was, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, that's the way I've seen it. I don't know whether it was made for positive spin reasons. Possibly, Um, I will say that the marketing of the product up until March has been very successful. So Mike's obviously headed that up. So if you could, and I think that's been probably one of the most successful things—the marketing of the product than the actual product. uh, You know, the some of the sort of tech issues and things like that have been poor where the marketing has been very good um so hopefully mike can bring some of that success to the overall um product i mean we don't we don't know do we? we we don't know whether mike's been the main man there for the last few months we you know we we don't know um but hopefully Whatever it is, you know, I think people read, can read too much into it. And, you know, as I said earlier, this this is going to take FI and users. It's going to be both. It needs to be the community as well to, to get behind the product. If FI make the, the changes, some of the changes we want and start introducing things, it's going to need users to get behind it as well. And, you know, I don't think it's a bad message to say, right, let's start again, let's do it as one, you know, FI and users together, let's redo it, and we're really listening to you, and we're really going to do all these things, and we're going to get that list from SATD, and we're really going (laughs) to roll out, I'm just joking, but, you know, that's what we want, though, we want them to say, right, we're going to, we want to, what I want to say is, like, we're going to reset And we're going to show ambition and we're going to give you the things you want. And we're going to, if we can't offer market makers, we promised you market makers, we've let you down. Now we're going to give you this instead, you know, and that's what we want. Mm. That's what I want anyway. Is that part of
0: maybe something that should come out, some sort of apology statement or acknowledgement of things that have gone wrong?
1: I think they sort of have done that. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that there has been a a couple of instances that in the last uh, comms, but the problem is they've made apologies. They're not, as as far as I'm concerned, not done anything about it. So, you know, I don't really care about the apologies anymore. Um, You can use it as a way of bringing things in, yeah. You know, as I said, what's the point of apologising if you're not going to do something about it? Um, So, yeah. Means nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. It means it, nothing. It does mean nothing until you say, yeah, we were wrong. We couldn't do this. We didn't do this on time. We didn't do this, but we're going to give you this. Not we're going to do it six months down the line instead. So, you know, better off.
0: Hmm. Um, got a question here from FI Restarter. Are you selling at a loss to rearrange your portfolio to div earners or sitting tight with those holding and waiting for them to recover?
1: Um. So, uh, so this is a difficult question to answer. Say so earners uh, what is a earner For a start, like every player on the platform is a D-Werner or potential to be one. Um, so, other than Lionel Messi, uh, Neymar, from a from a PB point of view, Messi and Neymar. Other than them two. I think they're only the really ones who are ones that will churn PP divs, I think. Now, from an MB point of view, I think you've got Bruno, who's one who's been performing. Pop has picked some up. And Sancho did at the start of the season, and I think he's going to come again. Now, there's five players there (laughs) who I think are probably de as, as, as quite, immediate I'm de or yeah yeah and so so if you know I, I haven't bought I'm more likely to buy players that people aren't buying that has always been a lot of my technique so I think the players that they're referring to possibly is Lionel Messi I haven't bought Messi um, but he's one I, I would be possibly tempted to at the right price I just think others are a bit more attractive at the moment um, and then maybe the likes of Tony Cruz plus I've seen go up recently um, and I don't really suit what, what I don't get it's, it's, it's disconnect and I think this is could, no it might not but I think it could get found out at some point so they make FI less um, more risky in theory. To me, that makes players towards the end of their career more risky. So when they changed to OBs, a lot of the players that were older, um, I sort of got out of a little bit. Um, I still got a few oldies, you know. Um so I've got one, a few over thirties, but I'm more likely, I think, to go down the other route and buy younger players now at a what I consider a heavy discount. An example would be like a Vinicius Junior. Uh, I think's probably a decent player, um, and then you can pick him up for about eighty p, ninety p. I've been picking up a few of them um, who. You know, I think we'll turn over easily those divs in his career. Uh, and these younger players, I mean, people say uh, uh, things like about Sancho or um, Killian or, or, or any younger player, uh, oh, they only got MB because of a transfer. Well, these players might get three or four transfers. So, so you know, there could be three or four tra- big transfers for them. Um, so uh, that is where I've been going so I've been picking up ones uh, more of a discount and it might not feel good uh, if, if they've kept dropping on a day to day basis the next day but I think it will work in the end is my is my it's my instinct because I can't see I feel like I'm what, they just get they could drop off a, we've seen how quick players can drop and we've seen it with Gomez, for example. Um, he was like 150 or something. People were paying 150 for him. And it's like 50p. And now if he goes to wherever he's going, non-PB league, that's firstly that, you know, done. And people can say, okay, Sancho's dropped the same as, as Gomez, um, percentage-wise 15 down to five. But you got it a lot longer. You know, so there's a quite a big difference there, um, and I think that's 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 my that's my outlook on it. Really, um, I don't really want to be, but I'd rather buy a, a Greenwood type. I think uh, those are the types I've been looking at um, because if this platform works, I think they'll that be worth the most. Where I'm not focusing on what other people are doing at the moment in the next one or two months, I'm thinking like I can grab some of these now um, and hope and down the line, you know, I might not be seeing green every day. I might be taking dividends. Um, I do own players that and dividends. I tweet out of it most days uh, on a regular basis um, and every player can win a dividend. But that that's just my point of view. And I'm not trying to, to force that point of view on everyone. Uh, like I said, I actually think Lionel Messi, for example, is probably actually an exception, actually. So he's probably a bad um, example. Um, but there might be some older players like, um, you know, I don't know, around... They're, they're, they're a lot higher than players of, of, of significantly lower ages with careers left and, are, you know, they, they, they could drop quickly. And I think that is my my issue with it. I'd rather go with something where I think um, that's 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 good value, and I can keep that. Whether I do keep it, I can I can keep that for a, a period of time. And and that's the way I've always traded. I've never really traded price movements that much. I've probably got about twenty percent of my port where I trade, and then the rest I sort of a bit more. I'm buying because I, I think they're good value rather than buying because I think other people are buying, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense.
1: It's a bit long answer, though, wasn't it? No, but, no, it was, good. Uh, it was good. But that's just my point of view. I'm not saying that's the correct point of view or the right point of view. But in terms of, no, I'm not buying um, the necessarily ones who are going to win tomorrow, if that makes sense. More, more the ones who, I think, Could have a sustained amount of dividends at a certain point of time, and and I actually think just to just to bring up on that, I actually think a good technique might be to trade the. People are saying I've seen a lot of posts saying it's all about dividends, but the actual price movement is bigger than the dividends by a long way. I mean, I bought some name already yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, I seen there was some on offer for like £5.5. Five. I thought, oh, i take them. And I sold them then for five eighty. It was only like 10. Uh, and then I just took them and, I, and then I sold them for £5.80. Like the, just the 10, just for oh, I'd rotate 10 or whatever. <laughs> um, and the, the price movements are, are quite big. Hmm
0: yeah and, and, and we can we can actually that to, to so many different things right but yeah it's it, it's quite interesting to hear you talk about kind of like um your strategy and obviously building for the future from a portfolio standpoint that i think is what people should look at the usp of fi in terms of buying someone they think is really good before everyone else realizes they're really good I, I think if you had to wrap it up into like one very layman sentence of what Fi's what your aim as a trader on FI should be is is to do that and, and you can kind of like specify that in terms of fixtures. Uh so you can say like, okay, well then if you if you're not buying like young players that you do you think are gonna be good, then you're buying any player who you think is gonna have a turn of form. Or you're buying uh players that people are gonna also buy before anyone else buys. <laughs>
1: So just to interject there, so I, I've gone on about players and, and and sounded like, you know, youth players, but some haven't been. So one that I bought out, out, out of favour, like you said, I bought some Eden Hazard for about one twenty, I think. Um, and I just think someone's going to buy them from, off me at some point for more than that. I'm sure of it. So, you know, they haven't all been... Uh, younger players i bought some Gareth Bale as well a um, bit more risky probably is but I just think he'll do some of it at some point um, And maybe not a lot you know a few hundred um, and I'll be get out of him so not necessarily you know uh, not necessarily younger players but not necessarily but they're not players that are winning you know Hazard's not winning dividends now is he but he is a, in my mind. I mean, people might disagree. He's a world class player. So, I think um, when he comes back, he has a few games under his belt. Then, I think we see a rise there from where he is. And yeah, um, you know, even he, even if he's one twenty, you, you know, play for Belgium at the Euros and put on star man in the tournament or whatever, then you're you're recouping a fair bit of back there. Um. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking more sort of, okay, maybe he'll do that in the future rather than thinking, you know, oh, I need to capture someone winning dividends tomorrow, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I guess that's been the frustration for a lot of traders that people are, you know, the game to game now is, is what seems to be the aim for a lot of traders, which isn't what a lot of people bought into.
1: Yeah. I mean, and also I've seen a lot of people buying for dividends today, they're saying, and prices don't move that much. So what happens when they're not buying for dividends today? <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to put anyone off players because I think everyone's quite good value. I'm just trying to... I think there's a, a, a ratio problem there um, between um, players who could return lots over uh, a, a long period of time and ones who could um, return over a short period of time. It's probably uh, a... a you know a bit of a price ratio um, issue there isn't isn't
0: part of the issue though that a lot of people are scared about fi's financial viability in the near to mid term and that's why they're not buying say mason greenwood or any other young player or any uh, yeah, any other I mean, player that I they to, think I that they won't that hold for longer the, than I, 6
1: months i'll touch on this in the future though i mean if you buy let's even if you let's say lionel messi right I mean, I keep saying Messi, which, but even if you buy Messi, who probably is going to be up there for turning divs over the next two months anyway. And if you get to the media story, um, even better for holders. But even if we say him in six, if you think FI is going under in six months, what are you buying him for? Just you know, just. So, you know it, it doesn't make any sense so whatever play if if you think there's a problem at F, FI and it's not going to last I'd say don't buy anyone yeah. <laughs> would be yeah. my advice yeah. you know that, that, that. I think that's where you go. ask yourself like you know buying uh, Tony Cruz or, or, or whatever isn't going to help you it, it, you know you might earn 30p off him or whatever but if you think it's um, a problem in the future, FI, then you're just going to lose as, as much as you know. You're going to lose money
0: anyway. So well, that's what I keep saying to people who talk about like the three-year bet thing. Like, oh, what if there's not liquidity to sell them in three years? And I'm like, well, if there's not liquidity to sell them in three years, I think you'll probably have bigger issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you've if you've not if you can't sell them in three years, then that's it. We, what what there be? What would there know, be left? <laughs> what what? Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't make sense to me. That argument. Anyway, like if if I've got problems, then I'm going to buy people who are going to win tomorrow. That Mm. doesn't make sense to me. It makes no sense whatsoever.
0: So, so on that note, Lee, like do you think FI have to do something or do something to show people that they are in a good financial position?
1: So, just so from I did some maths, I think they, uh, in my opinion, got quite a good uh, cash pile. I've also spoke to some people who, um, you know, familiar with with this type of thing as well, and they believe that as well. And uh, some people are consider you know smart people. Um, so for me, it, it doesn't seem an issue. But people obviously are going to scaremonger. They're going to be concerned. And it was actually something that was raised. That it was one of the good points that was raised at the follow up panel that we we did mention that. And I think they took. I think they took that on board. Uh, I don't know what they can release. um, But it wouldn't surprise me if if they did make a statement uh, around that. I mean, saying we're in a healthy position (laughs) doesn't really solve the issue. So I I don't know exactly what they can do. Um, But, you know, you need creative thinking. You need to think about these things and how you can reassure users that um, the platform's in a good state. They may feel like they don't need to. And I think that is fair in one aspect, um, but in another, it's it's not good for their business. So if they can do it, then why wouldn't they? Um, but I mean, it is a bit odd, isn't it? It is a bit, it would be a bit odd for them to, do, for a company to do that, you know, not necessarily FI it's a bit odd. Do you not think?
0: Mm, yeah. I I don't know why they wouldn't if they could.
1: Yeah, but also, I know that, I mean, I don't know. Why would you as well? I'm trying to look from their point of view. Okay, we all know that it would be a good thing for the platform. We know that. But then you think, well, we can't, you know, if I'm running a business I want to give my financials away.
0: is the bigger issue, though, Lee, that people are correlating downward prices with FI's health as a business.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That's definitely happening. That's definitely happening. So they need to put that to bed, but how they do it, I don't know. But I do, I do feel for them a little bit when it comes to that because it is a sensitive issue. Um. Yeah, so it is I think that is difficult. Yeah. I think just trying to um, just, just trying to play devil's advocate. Mm. Um I mean I, I think they've got a fair bit of uh, cash, cash bluff. They keep not give an IPDs away like they are, I'm too really sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um old old man fi here with our final question if you had to pick one feature to be implemented or change to be made in the next 12 months to benefit the product regardless of personal situation or strategy what is the number one priority and why doing nothing is also a viable answer here
1: i mean if they do nothing for 12 months
0: i uh I, i don't think that is viable
1: no um it's a very difficult question isn't it um because everything seems interlinked to me. I mean, putting a floor in is the, is the thing I think will get this moving more than anything. But that is liquidity, <laughs> liquidity in theory, so I can't answer that. Um, I would like to see um, maybe a, a – I do – I think they need to consider a different dividend structure and PB matrix. I know that is controversial but um i think it's worth looking at anyway and how the whole payout structure is is done
0: i think you mentioned ipds very briefly earlier could you explain why you think they're an issue right now for fi's finances
1: yeah so Let's roll back a little bit. I'm, I am a fan of IPDs, and I think it's coming possibly coming across from some people as though this is a big versus small account uh, thing, but it definitely I don't think it is. Uh, so I like IPDs, I do play for them at times, I like getting paid from most of my payouts at the moment are probably from IPDs. Um, and they from a i'm putting my business point i'm an owner of a business and i'm putting my business head on now Uh, i thought this might happen when they introduced order books but from a business point of view ipd's worked very well under the old system Uh, however they're very easy to manipulate now and very easy for people to pay minimum commission and swap them in between each other and for the payouts to be a lot larger than the not just the commission but the actual price of the player. If you've got players that are like 25p and they're they're scoring three or four goals one month people are swapping them between them soon adds up and I think although it's not we've got a be careful so it's not an issue for the user at the moment but it is probably an issue for the platform so I get why users are some users are very pro IPD but it may be an issue for the platform as a whole I think um, and, and, and yeah that, that, that's it basically um, until then collect your IPD <laughs> pay basically I mean what you know they're there and, and and that's it. But I don't think they probably don't work um, very well under an order book system. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think they they work from a business standpoint. They might work from a user standpoint, and I can see why. But I, and I'm not sure they I'm not sure they work from a business part standpoint. And they, they may just need some thinking around them. And I've always encouraged payouts for goals. So you know, whether whether I don't know about scrapping. I mean, there's been talk about. I've tried to stay out of at the moment. I talk about scrapping IPDs and things, but you know, the I don't I don't I don't know if that's possible. Or they could integrate the, the IPD element more into a longer-term payment that made more sense for the business and that the user enjoyed as well. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, from a business standpoint, I I think they're uh, probably a big issue. I don't know that – well, my maths tells me that, uh, and I don't think anyone can argue with my maths.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's all we've got time for, uh, Lee. Thank you as always so much for joining me. Uh, where can people find out more about you on Twitter?
1: Yep, so satd football index at football index sd. Um, no rebrands yeah. yet. Yeah, <laughs> is that is Aaron in the Discord?
0: Yeah, he is. He is. He is.
1: Yeah, so he he offered to do me one. He actually sent me some pictures I never used them.
0: Oh no. Oh no. I know, I
1: feel guilty, but I just don't want to go away from my roots.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's
1: fair. And also, there's a lot of people with them at the moment, isn't
0: it Yeah, no, I'm sure you could chat to Aaron about uh, maybe giving you a different one or something, something a bit more. Maybe like exactly what you've got, but just like a bit more modern.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not changing it. I've decided. I, I've, I'm not changing it. I apologize to him. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not changing it
0: thank you so much for joining me lee really appreciate you coming on if you guys are commuting right now then um you know uh stay safe out there if you're not commuting doing whatever you're doing hope you have a great day sorry we didn't get to answer all your questions as always limited time don't want to keep lee here all day even though we've gone almost two hours we'll have more in the next podcast for you next week thank you very much everyone for listening.